0: I come at marketing kind of from a different place. I'm not a marketer by trade. So I, I used to run businesses, um, specifically country clubs, hotels, um, those kinds of things. And in the year 2000, my sister asked me to help her build a business. She had created a technology, I think, first iteration of marketing automation, also designed to run your website so the marketers could do it themselves and not need IT. And I told her to get funding, thinking she never would, and she did. So I moved to Minneapolis to help her put that business together. And what happened was, if you think back in the year 2000, companies basically had brochure websites, right? They'd taken their print brochures and turned them into their website. And so they'd move those websites into the new technology, and they'd say, well, nothing changed. It's just the same as my old website. And so I started looking at them and thought, "Jesus, this is terrible. And started rewriting their websites, helping them redo their contents to become more customer focused. And where that came from is I have a degree in English literature and I'm a fiction writer as a hobby. I've written five different novels and so I, you know, kind of understood how to put things together from a more personal perspective. So I started doing that and the demand became so high that in 2007, I was tired of living in the snow in Minneapolis, being a wimpy California girl, so I moved home and became a consultant, and uh, within a couple of months, an agent, a literary agent reached out and asked me if I could turn what I write about in my blog into a book, and it just kind of all took off from there. And so, essentially, what Marketing Interactions does is create personas and persona-driven content marketing strategies along with some content, depending on who I'm working for, um, for enterprise companies mostly, um, a lot of tech companies, because that's how I got involved um, from the beginning. I So that's what I do, and uh, it's really fun. And who would have thought you could find something that you absolutely love that you could make money at <laughs> and turn into a business? What would you say are the typical marketing challenges of an enterprise? One of the challenges with enterprise companies is that they're kind of bohemists and they're, they're slow moving, you know. And so I may work with one team who never talks to a bunch of the other teams. I've worked on projects where I've actually introduced the demand gen team to the social media team, you know, because we needed to coordinate. And so, and it's hard to get things to shift. You know, so I've worked with a lot of um, product-driven companies that are trying to become more customer-centric, and it's a really tough shift to make. And so they'll start, and then, you know, the executive team will look at things that are not like they're used to and push back, and so it takes a lot of effort to shift some of these things. And even if the team I'm working with um, does a great job at creating personas and demand-gen programs that engage and all of that, if the rest of the company isn't, following along you know the impact is minimized and so those are some of the the challenges that I face but uh, you know every once in a while I take on smaller companies right now I'm working for one quite a lot and it's a lot of fun because I get to interface with the whole company so I work with the CEO and the VP of sales and the CTO and you know the marketing team and all of them and I get to actually see things come to fruition where for a lot of my clients I create personas or strategies and then I'm not around when they execute so it's fun every once in a while to build in some of that so I'm actually still hands-on in the whole thing Um, so that's fun but uh, it's just hard to affect change and the other issue I think is that you know it When I started my career, I was always the youngest person in the room, (laughs) and now I'm mostly the oldest person in the room. And the teams are very young, and what they teach them in school is not enough. So quite often I spend a lot of my time doing advisory work and mentoring and helping people understand how to make transitions and what matters. Can you describe a client challenge that you help resolve? Yeah, one of my favorite clients is a client who... uh, sells contact centers, yeah, which is a big heavy-duty lift, right? It's like a $26 million sale to get in the door. And so their buy cycle is about three years. And so, you know, we built five different personas and put together storylines that we could engage them across that length of a buying process. And it really shifted. They would never done anything like that before. And it really shifted the way the company went to market, and it was one of the times when I was able to have impact, I think because the VP I was working with had so much influence and had been there so long, we were able to really impact a lot of the different departments of the company and a lot of um, different regions, so it was a regional application as well, and they were able to see a tremendous difference in the way they were engaging their prospects and the ability to get sales into conversations. And the other really interesting thing that we learned along the way, I worked worked on this project for close to five years, um, the other thing that we learned was that personas do in fact change. And so in in fact, two years in, what we discovered is one of the personas we had built was no longer actively engaged in the buying process, but a whole new persona had developed. So how did that turn out? What we learned was that by building a storyline that actually orchestrates movement forward, builds a story as it moves forward, and being able to tweak that based on engagement, we were able to shorten their sales cycle from three years down to um, a little less than two, which is a pretty huge shift. So, and the other thing that happened was they, their retention went up. So, Um, That's a good thing because, I don't know if you know about contact centers, but usually big companies have a couple of different providers. And there was a movement during the time we were working on this to consolidate, and they were able to maintain and even expand some of their accounts, which was good. So it helped when you can make um, turn some of your company executives into thought leaders as a part of the program as well. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I we got as in-depth as talking to the trainers in their center in um, the Philippines. And they did a lot of work for medical uh, companies and things like that and help um, helplines. And um, in order to train people to have empathy, they would go as far as having them rub Vaseline on their glasses so their vision was blurry and try to type with mittens on. You know, and things like that to simulate some of the um, difficulties that the customers would have or be facing when they tried to interact with them, so they could develop empathy. Because it's one thing to do the research for a persona; it's another thing to really understand what does it mean, you know, and how do you apply the different things you learn. And so this is a client who was really all about how do we use this information. And one of the biggest problems I see with clients is that they build personas as a check-the-box thing, and then they don't actually use them because they think they've they've learned. They just put them in the drawer and go about their business, you know, and they don't really use them to inform strategy and content and tone and style and things like that. So it was really fun to work with a company that did, and the results – were transformational for them. What advice would you give a business trying to develop their own buyer personas? Don't put things in a persona that you can't act upon. Like in B2B, do you care that your, you know, persona averages 150,000 a year in salary, lives in the suburbs with two kids and a dog? No, what are you going to do with that? You know, instead what you need to know is their professional orientation, how long they've been in their career, you know. <laughs> Do they tend to stay in the same industry? They, you know, do they tend to stay at a job long enough to know where all the bodies are buried and get stuff done? Are they older and leaving the legacy or younger and climbing the ladder? You know, different things like that can direct your you know, tone and style in your content. There's a big lift between knowing and using. What do you think the biggest the marketing contract, challenge you know? is for most B2B companies? Yeah, well, I, I still say that it's knowing their customers. So it's, you know, it's a big challenge. I mean, when you look at who's using personas, I just saw a report that came out recently that 45% of B2B companies say they're using personas. 45%. That's not very good, <laughs> you know. But uh the, when you look at the research that comes out year after year after year, still the biggest challenge is how do we engage our buyers? You know, and as, as things shift and it becomes harder and harder, and to, unless they really know what's relevant for their customers and understand them, they are not going to do much better at engaging them. And so, you know, you look at the challenges they face, and it's, you know, how do we reach them? How do we engage them? How do we write the right content for them? How do we know what they care about? Well, talk to them, you know, <laughs> build personas. And don't just build them once. Continue to evolve them, just like the example I shared, and this has happened in several clients where we built a slate of personas and you know, six months or a year later or whatever, we found that either the persona, um, group changed, somebody in the group changed, or the main, you know, main thing about a persona changed. For example, in one company, we had a persona for a, for a CFO that was very concerned about Um, technology and changing the way they've always done things. You know, accounting is kind of a staid process. It's been the same forever. And, you know, they were afraid of that change and the risk and, you know, that kind of thing. And within six months, they all knew they had to. Digital transformation was a thing. They all knew they had to shift. And so it wasn't anymore about they were afraid of it. It was about what do I need to know? You know, how do I mitigate the risk? Um, You know, and how do I move forward? And so that was a whole shift in the content strategy. One of the things I'm seeing change too is that look at the change in business model. So when I first started in this business, it was, you know, most of my clients were selling enterprise um, technology with a huge um, upfront capital cost, right? And then you sell the maintenance contract at 20% of that for three years. And so you basically have clients locked in. And now what do you have? You have SaaS, right? You have subscription. And so... They can change anything they want to, and they do. And so now the challenge is how do you not only engage them and get the sale, but how do you keep them engaged? How do you make sure that your software isn't shelfware, right? And how do you make it part of their daily really habit and workflow so that they will continue to find value and continue to use it and continue to renew? And that's quite a shift. But, you know, we have a huge opportunity for SMOs to become really impactful within companies and part of it comes with being able to prove your contribution to revenue and bottom line and everything else which we're getting closer to um, but it's also about mindset clients say to me you know we know who our our audience is, who our target market is and they'll say it's a vp of something and they say so we just need the content strategy just build that and i say, great what are we supposed to say to them why will they care And they were like, well, you know, they're a VP of whatever. And I said, so what do they care about? What will make a difference? And they're like, well, they'll figure it out. And I said, yeah, that's why we build personas. One of the things I struggle with the most is when clients come to me and say, we already have personas, so we need you to help us, you know, create a content marketing strategy. I said, great, send them to me. And they send them to me and they're not usable because they weren't built with the depth of customer insight. And so I look at them and I say to them, well, how do you use these? And they said, that's why we're calling you. And I'm like, but these aren't usable. <laughs> they don't have the right insights that you need. And so everybody has jumped on the persona bandwagon and claims to be a persona expert. And I've seen some of the most hideous personas ever in the world. And one time even could tell they were built with a template because I forgot to change some of the, you know, stuff that was in the template. It was just pitiful, and they paid a lot of money for them, and then they have to pay me again, and which makes me feel terrible. And I have to make them do it again, but it's you know it's annoying to me that people are out there building them not correctly. Thanks for coming on the show, artist. All right, you're welcome. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it.